Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Wingstop. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Enrique Alvarez Cleary. It is uh, almost upon us. Kickoff for the best rivalry that has been taken us away from uh, from us in college football. It's Nebraska Oklahoma week. It's Nebraska Oklahoma Friday. And let's get things going here on the Ticket Water Cooler. Uh, we're with you every lunch hour, Monday through Friday, 12 to 1. And then sometimes when a bunch of Huskers come on the show behind before you. you just, we're a little you, late. You, yeah, you but let it's them fine. roll. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, I'm we, sorry if this is a letdown from what you were just listening to. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, uh, how many titles did you win? Because there was about, probably combined, there's there's probably ten at least ten titles in here. Uh, are we counting video games? Because if we're counting video <laughs> games, I got more than all of them. But if we're not, no, no. none. I got none. No. Well, that's <laughs> all right. Uh, we we at least we have uh, some experience here on the radio, and we're ready uh, for this Husker uh, Oklahoma game. And by the way. I tweeted this out, but it's a reminder um, as we get together for Nebraska, Oklahoma to hate Texas because Texas is the reason the reason you don't have Nebraska, Oklahoma on a yearly basis. The the, separated that rivalry was Texas coming in. And now as college football splits down the middle and we'll see how the conferences go, but the middle seems to be between the big 10 and the sec. It just mm-hmm. feels like there's a few rivalries there, but more than anything, the Nebraska Oklahoma rivalry is just left out in the desert and thought and, and forgotten. And, and, and it's, it's really sad because we should be having this game every year. Always blame Texas. There are very few rivalries that aren't, currently being played but nebraska oklahoma is one of the bigger ones i guess you could consider west virginia pit that backyard brawl oh, yeah. that's one that i mean they rescheduled it Texas for you know, three years Texas. Texas and, i mean that that's going to restart i mean they're going to yeah. the sec together so there are very few rivalries that aren't happening anymore uh nebraska oklahoma is probably one of the main ones that that you're not going to get on a yearly basis unfortunately so yeah, we can always blame Texas for everything that's happening. Yeah. And this Nebraska-Oklahoma rivalry is a rivalry based on respect, and the Nebraska-Texas rivalry is not. Texas no, is, not. is hated, horns down, all the time. Always. Dislike Texas. That's right. Forever <laughs> and always, right, people? <laughs> Everybody in Husker Nation say amen. All right, let's bring in uh, <laughs> Brian Munson here of Husker Online in uh, on three. How's it going, Brian? Brian Munson, who lives in Texas, right? <laughs> That's right. You get a lot. Do you ever get uh, get around too many Longhorns fans that know you're uh, covering the Huskers? I uh, all the time. Um, I've got I've got quite a wide mix of fans. So if it's either Cowboys fans who I, I cannot stand the Dallas Cowboys, um, <laughs> and 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 then and then between UT and A and M. And even like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State have quite a pull down here too. I mean, you, you get your Texas Tech and your Baylor's and and whatever other mix of SMU's and and stuff like that that gets pulled together. But Texas fans are certainly the the rowdiest and let you know obviously that they are that they are around you at any one time. 
Yeah, and thank God. I mean, for one, in one way, I want to see it and play Texas every year. In another way, I, I, I don't feel too bad being rid of Texas. Guys, yeah. Well, like Texas football fans are terrible. Texas baseball fans are nice. I like I like <laughs> when like, Texas yeah. makes the College World Series. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but uh, it, it, Nebraska's not alone in disliking Texas. But for this Nebraska-Oklahoma uh, rivalry that we, we see rekindled here, obviously it's been a busy week since we last talked to you, Brian. Yeah. Uh, I guess yeah. How, how have you just kind of taken it in? Do you feel like Nebraska made the right move, saving the money, and uh, the way that I see it, maybe trying to salvage the season here? I, I, that's the way I see it, too. I mean, I think that's what Trev essentially said when he, when he said, I made the move now because of the guys that are in the locker room. Um, there's nine games left on the schedule, and, and, and I think that you turn back around and you say, how much of this can be salvaged starting with Oklahoma now and a bye week next week to where you start getting back into your Big Ten conference uh, schedule, and and I think that that's where you know Mickey Joseph uh, makes a makes a ton of sense as an interim head coach, or just call him head coach. I I, I don't like the word interim. I mean he's he's legitimately head coach because they are they are recruiting, and with Trev, how he ended the kind of press conference where he said that you know. Scott Frost is the only person that's been let go, but Mickey Joseph has the ability to make additional staff changes as he as he sees fit. So he has control. He has he has the checkbook. He can go back to the staff and say, "You're not cutting it. We're going to do something else." And we've got, you know, there's there's other there's other folks back there. I think it's Cassano that got the that got the promotion, you know, into the wide receiver role. But you got guys like Vokalek that's back there behind, you know, in in kind of a an analyst role. Um, so there's some guys back there that have, that have got good practical coaching experience that I can see that if, you know, Mickey didn't feel like, you know, you're, you're carrying your weight, that something's going to happen. So I think that this is to salvage whatever season's there. I think it's to salvage the class as much as it is, as much as it's been put together. You know, you're probably still looking for a few more guys. You still have the number one guy in the state that's still kind of hanging out there. Um, and I, and I think that those are all, all the things that he is working towards, obviously, since he was at the Lincoln East uh, football game last night, you know, trying to check out Malachi Coleman. Now, Brian, is, this is kind of a question that it, it seems as if it has to be asked at almost everybody that talks about it, but what are the, the odds or the chances that you see Mickey Joseph retaining the head coaching job at the end of the season? Yeah. I don't know if I have a great answer for you there. I don't even know like what the, uh, you know, what's, what's the mark, you know, what does Nebraska have to do? Do they have to make a bowl game? Does he have to play Oklahoma close tomorrow or win? Uh, I don't, I don't have a great, I don't have a great answer for you, but I, I can, I think that, um, I think obviously that, that a bowl game is, is significant. Number one. Uh, I think it also comes down to, what the search firm and what Treb kind of feels like on the other end of whenever they, you know, they're working together to figure out who the, the firm feels are the best candidates and maybe where, you know, Mickey lies within that landscape of that report. And then it also comes down to, I think, you know, just where Trev is kind of at with what he feels like the, the team and the university kind of needs, because I, I know that it's very hard to ignore, you know, what you're paying professional services folks to pull together uh, when it comes to the the best possible candidate for you and the fit and whatever, um, but I think that Trev is Trev's pretty dialed in, and, and I think that that's one of the things that, that that impresses me the most about it is that he's he is he does seem to be pretty 
he seems to be very, very disappointed, at least with where, where the state of the Nebraska football program is at. It's hard for him to kind of fathom it in what he just saw on Saturday night. And he wants to get things pulled together quickly. But I think that that report and what the search firm comes back and says is one thing. And I think that what the, he's going to have a thing, uh, uh, not a science experiment, he's got a season that's happening in parallel to the, 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 the firm going out and trying to do kind of a, a nationwide search to, to, see, to see who would be the best guy based on, you know, how they kind of pull things together and how they kind of measure everything. So I, I think it's I think bowl game is huge. I think how he kind of moves forward. I think how he continues to recruit. But I think there's also got to be a very good, warm, fuzzy about, you know, even if Mickey Joseph does not end up with the head coaching job following the season, um, there's in all likelihood, you know, there's, there's going to be a retention, you know, for him to stick around. And, and, and I think that Trev is indicated with what he's doing right now. He wants Mickey's hands in as much, as many parts of the program and the team as possible, whether it's, you know, with the wide receivers or with the offense or working with the defensive guys and, or, and, you know, really on the recruiting side. So he, I think Mickey's energy and, and how he goes about, you know, doing his job, you know, really kind of, puts Trev, you know, in a good place because I don't think you're going to outwork Mickey Joseph. I just don't. All right, and, and the recruiting uh, part of this is just fascinating. Obviously, the transition will be a little bit smoother if if, if you can retain Mickey um, uh, in one way or the other, like you were saying. How how rare is it, do you think, to see that not one commit has left since the firing of Frost? I know it's only been a week, but um, that usually yeah. seems to disrupt recruiting classes. I, I, I suppose going into this year, I mean, I just don't know the mentality of those kids. Are they recruiting to the school or maybe, you know, there's still moves yet to be become, but, you know, maybe part of it was just kind of, it was kind of known coming into this year what it might happen. So do you think those guys are recruiting to the school or do you think it's just too early to tell still? I, you know, I, I think there's always, um, you have a connection obviously with, with the staff, no matter what. I, I think whenever you decide that you're going to commit to a school because of the staff, I think that's dangerous because, that seems to be the most fluid of all the scenarios, you know, when it comes to that decision, let's just be honest, let's start right there. And then I think, I think, however, where, you know, calmer heads have kind of prevailed, or at least you haven't seen a, a complete bailout on, on the class. One of the biggest reasons is because Mickey Joseph is your head coach right now. And, and he has so many, so many things to do with where this class is currently and the guys that are in it. he, he knows them all. He has recruited most of them. Um, I'm sure that there was reaching out. And, and I think that the other part here, and, and it doesn't, you know, you can't overlook this part. You've got a great administrative staff. You've got, you've got Vince Ginta there, who I'm sure that was just looking for the instructions on how to kind of proceed. And when, when Nikki says, keep going, just like you've been doing, and we're going to close this thing out, then you're putting one of the best, you know, at his job back to work with essentially kind of to gloss over what happened on Sunday and say, we are going to continue to move forward the way that we have been moving forward to this point. And I think that there'll be some other things that are going to have to happen because obviously you got bye week coming up. So you're going to talk about what are, you know, what are your trips that you're going to make to go out there and, and, and recruit in your bye week? You got another bye week that's a few weeks down the road after that. Same kind of same kind of thing. You got some official visitors. It'll start popping up again in October. Then you need to go back to your board and figure out what are the other remaining slots in the class that you feel like you need to go get. And then obviously at some point, you know, where you got those got the transfer guys that'll start 
start popping up and then probably guys that'll, that you'll need to start bringing in in December. So uh, there's definitely a timeline to this stuff if you kind of lay it all out here a little bit. But I think I think the, the part here that Mickey has said, hey, it's it's still we're all gas, no brakes on recruiting. Let's keep going the way that we have been doing as opposed to sitting back waiting to hear from the AD about what they're going to do about their jobs. Mickey is going forward full blast just like they've been doing before. We're speaking with Brian Munson of Husker Online, the Nebraska on three site. And Brian, you know, I, I got to ask you, who are the uh, big names showing up? Because this is a this is a massive recruiting week weekend with a top ten Oklahoma team coming in. You've got Fox Big Noon kickoff. It's it's a massive weekend. There there a bunch of former Huskers are are back in town for this game. So who 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 did Nebraska uh, bring in, or who is Nebraska bringing in to to take in all of this? Yeah, there's seven of the 14 committed guys in the 2023 class. You get all five in-state guys are going to be there, but you're also getting Dwight Boodle to come in from Miami, Florida, and you're also getting Hayden Moore to come back from Denver, Colorado. Hayden Moore is a guy who's who's really going to see his stock climb. He's averaging nearly 18 tackles a game. So mm-hmm. if you haven't gone out and watched his huddle film, I highly suggest it. But then you bring in the guys that are uncommitted visitors that are already holding Nebraska offers. You've got four guys coming in from Lee Summit North over in Missouri. You've got um, Chase Purcell. You've got Isaiah Mosey. You've got Kamari Moore, who actually was in last weekend as well. And then you have probably the headliner out of them all, Williams Nwerni, that is like the big defensive lineman, 6'6", 240, has an Alabama offer. And then you get like 2024 running back Jaden Hart. Uh, Davon Hall is going to be there. Carter Nelson, the 2024 tight end from Ainsworth, is going to be in town. Um, so you, you've got like about 10 guys that are coming in that, that have offers between classes for 24 and 25. Actually, and 23, because Mal- Malachi will be there as well. And then you kind of get into like, the guys that are that are that are mainly in-state players that we're still that we're still kind of talking about and that they still fit in here somehow potentially from an evaluation perspective either into 23 or to future offer guys for 24 and 25. You do have a 2024 uh, inside offensive lineman Harrison Utley from Norman North uh, down in Oklahoma, uh, and then you get like Henry Prohaska who who had a heck of a summer that's out there that's an edge for, for Elkhorn South. you got Cooper Johnson from there in Lincoln Southeast, offensive lineman. you got Donald DeFran Jr. from Lincoln High. Uh, and, and you get, like, Corver Demma from, from Gretna, the, the, who, who obviously their team had a great night last night. And a couple of West Side guys, Jalen Lloyd and Kenyon Cotton. So I think that it's a really nice, a really nice weekend. You're going to have north of 50 guys that are going to be wow. there. So obviously Nebraska is not stopping on this front. They're bringing in a lot of guys, and it should be a terrific atmosphere. You just hoping for, hoping for some, hoping for a, a good score up there on the scoreboard at the end of the at the end of the game. We're speaking with Brian Munson, Husker Online. Brian, uh, some transfer portal changes happening in the NCAA that uh, apparently the NCAA was informing schools to let uh, players who entered the transfer portal uh, following the August thirty first deadline to to take their names out of the transfer portal. I, I don't know if you have any more information on that, on the transfer portal changes, if you could inform us. You know, there's, it's, it's basically that the NCAA is putting in a rule that no player can enter that transfer portal un- until December 5th, unless basically their scholarship is either pulled or their head coach has been fired. Hmm. And, 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 and the NCAA has required then, you know, basically made the teams kind of remove the guys that have been put into the, that, uh, that, uh, uh, that have gone into the portal since then. 
So since in Nebraska, like with what's kind of going on, the, the players have 30 days to decide they want to go in the portal from like October 11th. And, and so far, nobody, you know, has said anything. Everybody is still out there. You know, there's nothing that's happening there on that, on that side. There's really no, nobody that we're expecting or anticipating that that's just, you know, chomping at the bit to kind of go ahead and get in there. So it's, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what happens over the next three months, but we could start hearing about guys as soon as like in three weeks, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, that's really what's happening there. The NCAA is just kind of telling it they're, they're putting the brakes on this thing. They want to clamp it down from a date perspective, which I think aids the coaches because they don't have to do that management stuff during the season they don't get, you know, a guy that jumps out and, and kind of wrecks the 85 because that 85 limit, you know, has to be declared. So I, I think that that's a, I think this is a good, a good rule change uh, when it comes to that stuff. It's just how did it get to this point? And then all of a sudden, NCAA has got to make a, a decision in, in mid-September. That's just, that's pretty wild to me. Always informative and very entertaining. Brian Munson of Husker Online and on three. Last time we talked to you, of course, a week ago, who knew the changes that would happen and where we'd be today? Who knows what we'll be in a week from now? But I'll tell you this, we'll be a lot happier if Nebraska beats Oklahoma. So I guess we got to do this to you. It's Friday. What's uh, what's your prediction looking like? Man, I, I am just all over the place in this thing. I, I don't believe where the line is at, number one. Uh, I think the, the popular question on the board is like, well, has Nebraska covered at all this season? The answer to that question is no. Um, but I think that there's a good, there's an energy. I think there's an energy that's there that's there in Lincoln. I'm going to pick OU, but it's going to be a lot tighter, I think, than what people are kind of kind of thinking I'm going to say. I'm, I'm going to go like 31-24. Mm. Um, and, and it's, and it's really about, I think Nebraska has, they've not given up once yet. I think that if there's one thing that's indicative from all the, the one score losses, they don't, they don't fold. And, and I think that, I think they're going to go out there and they want to rally the troops. I think there's great energy around things. And I'm hoping that they're getting some, some more things out of what they're getting, you know, that what they've gotten before practices and they go out there and put together a tremendous effort on national television. So losing by a touchdown, uh, tomorrow would be a defeat, but I think it'd be a defeat that a lot of people would be able to, to say, like, I really wasn't kind of anticipating that. Things are looking up. Let's see what happens from here. Well, let's do see what happens. Thanks again, Brian Munson of Husker Online and on three. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great weekend, guys. We'll see you. All right. I'm, ex- I'm, ex- I'm, ex- I'm excited. I'm pumped for this weekend. Uh, not just the Nebraska-Oklahoma game. Lots of other games in college football uh, that look very exciting, at <laughs> least to me. Uh, and uh, so we'll get through those. I like to do this every week. We look at the ticket prices. Is Nebraska-Oklahoma the top ticket across the nation in college football? No. Find out next year on the Ticket Water Cooler. Rico says no. Is Rico wrong? Get him. We'll be back here on the Ticket Water Cooler, 93.7 Ticket.